Hello everybody out there. You are tuned in to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society. I'm your host, Kate Sayall, Certified Professional Dog Trainer, here to answer your questions about your pets, their behavior, and why they do what they do. I'm coming to you from Forward Radio 106.5 FM, broadcasting from the historic Hayburn Building in downtown Louisville, Kentucky. This is an exciting time for us at Forward Radio. We are about to hit our four-year anniversary. That's right, we've been broadcasting for four years, and we could not have done it without you, our listeners and supporters. And during our pledge drive from March 27th through April 9th, know that the donation that you make today keeps us on the air tomorrow. Forward Radio is your grassroots community radio station. We are here because of your support, so don't forget to go to our website, forwardradio.org, hit that donate button, and support your independent radio station. Just $20 a month can fund an entire day's broadcast. $50 a month can fund an hour a week for an entire year. You can be a sustainer for just 5 bucks a month or any amount. So get to our website, forwardradio.org, and support radio by the people for the people. So getting into our animal questions today, I am excited to say that we've been on the air long enough that we have started to get some of your questions in. So really simple episode today. I'm just going to be taking some of your questions that have been sent to our email address, behavior at kyhumane.org, and to the Kentucky Humane Society Facebook page, and reading some of those questions and giving you some really basic answers. So don't forget, if you have questions of your very own, please feel free to send those to me. That's what I'm here for. And chances are, if you have a question, you are not alone. Somebody else out there probably has the exact same question and would really love to hear the answer, too. So our first question was sent in by email from our listener, Amber. And Amber asks, how do I keep my dog out of my cat's litter box? So, relatively simple question that actually has a relatively simple answer. And basically, you want to put your litter box somewhere where your dog doesn't have access to it. This is going to be a simple case of practicing good management. Most dogs are going to be very interested in cat poop. It is something that most dogs are going to want to try to get to. And if there is a way, our dogs are generally going to figure it out. So we can continue to try and turn that litter box, put a top on it, jam it in the corner, but our dogs are relatively smart. And dogs also tend to enjoy a puzzle. That's why we have all these lovely puzzle toys and activities that we can often give our dogs to try and keep them busy. And unless we can just directly block their access to that litter box entirely, our dogs are just going to take certain attempts as a puzzle to solve. So generally, we just need to completely remove access to that litter box for our dogs. So that can be putting it in another room completely, separating our dog from the litter box with a baby gate, using a cat door, In my household, we have a cat door that goes down to the basement. Now, fortunately, my dogs are large enough that they will not fit through a cat door, so they do not have access to the basement. 
In a lot of cases, cats can very easily go over a baby gate and your dog cannot, or you can get one of the baby gates that has the built-in cat door that the cat can go through and your dog cannot. So essentially, you need to put your litter box somewhere where your cats can go and your dog can not. And that's going to be especially important even if you're not home and you're not directly supervising your dog, that they still do not have access to that litter box. So yes, there are some basic training things that you can do. Practicing a leave it cue, teaching your dog that they aren't allowed in the space where the litter box is. But at the end of the day, one, if your dog has already learned that the litter box is, sorry, this is disgusting, but full of tasty snacks, and they have already gotten into the litter box enough that there is incentive for them to ignore you and do that, that it's more rewarding for them to get into the litter box than it is to follow instructions, then you're probably fighting a losing battle, especially if you're not there to directly supervise at all times, which really isn't realistic. So at the end of the day, just completely eliminating access to that litter box is really going to be the best way to go. This next question is from Kelly. And Kelly asks, my cat is always trying to sneak out my door. What can I do? So I take it from this question that Kelly's cat is probably an indoor cat that is trying to sneak outside. And there are a couple of things that we can do to work on that. And my first step is always to ID my cats. Make sure that they are microchipped and that microchip is registered. Then you want to make sure that your cats can be easily identified without having to be taken to a vet to be scanned. I have two indoor cats in my household and they both wear collars. Important to note, they both wear breakaway cat collars, which is incredibly important for safety. Make sure that your cat is wearing a breakaway collar and not a regular dog collar. And each collar has a tag that has the cat's name, my phone number, and then the tag also says indoor cat. So if the cat were to ever get outside and somebody were to check the tag, it would be very clear that that cat is not supposed to be outside and it would be very easy for that person to just call the phone number and get that kitty back home. So once we have some ID in place, then we want to start to look at management strategies and some basic training and things we can do to keep our cat from slipping outside in the first place. So one of the things that I can recommend, which might sound a little counterintuitive, would be to put a shelf or a tall cat tree right by your door so that your cat is actually about chest height with you when you go in and out of your door. It's much easier for your cat to try and sneak out the door at your feet. You're going out with your bag, you have your hands full, you're coming in with groceries, whatever it happens to be, and there is a ton of space at your feet when you're going in and out of the door, which gives them a whole lot of opportunity to slip outside. But if they are at chest height with you, you have a cat tree that's there, or you've put a shelf at about that height, the widest part of your body is blocking the door. They're not actually able to 
go through the door in that way. And often they are up on that shelf greeting you when you get home. And you can actually utilize treats to encourage them to be on that shelf when you come and go out of that door. So before you leave, have a couple treats in your hand, place those treats on that shelf or up on that cat tree on your way out the door to encourage your cat to be in that space when you leave, and then have a couple of treats that you keep in your car or on you so that as soon as you come back into the house, you can put those treats on that shelf or on that cat tree so that your cat learns to hop up on that shelf when you come back in so that they're getting rewarded for being in that safe space and a place where they're not going to be able to dart out the door at your feet. And I also love having them in that space because they're somewhere that you can see them on your way in and out of the door. And something similar that you can also do, which also utilizes treats to keep your cat from darting out the open door. Take some treats in your hand before you leave the house, and you can take a couple of those treats just before you open the door to walk through it on your way out and slide those across the floor away from the door so that your cat will follow those treats in the opposite direction of the door and be working on either finding or eating those treats away from the door while you walk out. And if that's a pattern that gets repeated on a pretty consistent basis, and by consistent I mean every time you leave the house, then your cat is learning that when you walk out the door, they wait for you to toss the treats and they move away from the door when you leave. They're getting rewarded for moving away from the front door when you walk out. If that's the behavior that gets rewarded, that is the pattern that is going to be established. So that's something else that you can try as well. Now, in addition to these strategies, one of the things that we want to look at with a cat that wants to rush out the door is why does our cat want to get out of the house so badly? And in a lot of cases, it's very possible that this cat could benefit from some additional enrichment in the house. Something that is going to give them a little more activity, maybe some more exercise. It's possible that they're trying to rush out of the house out of boredom and they need more to do. And there are lots and lots of things that you can do with your cat to provide more enrichment. There are some great puzzle feeders for your cat. There are great games that you can play. If you've never used a flirt pole, which is essentially a little fishing pole style toy that has a little mouse or even just a fun little scrap of fabric on the end of it that your cat can chase, you can put a shelf by a window and put a bird feeder outside of your window. It's what we affectionately call cat TV. So your cat can enjoy sitting at that window and watching the wildlife outside. That can give them hours of entertainment from the safety and comfort of their own home. Even teaching your cat some really basic tricks like how to sit or give a high five can be a great source of enrichment. These interactive games and activities are so important for the physical, mental, and behavioral health of our indoor cats. And they're a great way for you and your cat to be able to bond, for your cat to get some exercise and some activity. So if you can give your cat a little more input and some more things that they can do at home and in the house, 
then they may be a little more inclined to stay put and a little less interested in trying to run outside. And if you're interested in some more feline enrichment ideas and some more training activities and some things that you can do with your cat, you can check out my Catterdays segment on the Kentucky Humane Society Facebook page. We started this project back in April of last year, so we have over 30 episodes. There's short videos where we talk about training exercises, enrichment activities, and fun things that you can do with your cat to keep them busy, help them use that brain, keep them happy and healthy, and really help you build that relationship with your cat. There's even a Catterdays video about cats that want to dart out the door, so definitely go take a look at that one. And one more thing that I want to mention is that this particular behavior, wanting to rush out the door or escape, can be related to stress, anxiety, or some other behavior that may need professional help and support. You can contact us about cat training at the Kentucky Humane Society Community Behavior Department. We may be able to help. If you want to call about cat training, our number is 502 2532883. You can also find information about that on our website, kyhumane.org. And remember, folks, if you are having a behavior problem with your pet, it's always important to contact your veterinarian and have a conversation with them to make sure that there is not some sort of physical or medical factor that could be contributing to any sort of a behavior issue. You are tuned in to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society. I'm your host, Kate Sayall, certified professional dog trainer, answering your questions about your pet's behavior. We are coming to you from Forward Radio 106.5 FM. We'll be back after a short break with original music by John 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 Slater. My baby is you. Dog in sunshine, there's a cat in the shade. Time to stop thinking about all the mistakes that I made. One thought it leads to another, and another thought leads to you. There's one thing that I know is true. That's right. Baby don't need anybody but she might just be mine, yeah, yeah. She got a funny way of letting me inside, but that's alright. Welcome back to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society. I'm your host, Kate Sale, coming to you from Forward Radio 1065. If you missed the beginning of this program, visit our website, forwardradio.org. You can catch this episode from the beginning, any of our previous episodes. You can check out all of the incredible grassroots programming made available by Forward Radio and our supporters. And you can listen live from our website, forwardradio.org, anywhere in the world. All right, so we're going to jump right back into your questions about your pets. I have a question right here that came through by email from Jim out in Prospect. And Jim asks, 
When I take my dog for a walk, all he wants to do is sniff around. He'll barely even pick his head up off the ground. And it's very difficult to actually go anywhere. How do I get my dog to go for a nice walk without having to drag him around? All right, great question, Jim. And the good news is there are a number of things that you can do to help your dog with this and to help yourself be able to have a more pleasant walk. So when our dogs are out in the world and going for a walk, this is definitely time for us to get out and enjoy the outdoors. But remember that this is also very important time for our dogs to get out, to get exercise, and to get enrichment. Enrichment is a very important element of exercise. It's exercise for our dog's brains. So when we are out in the world, our dog is getting to see things, they're getting to experience the world, and remember that a huge part of our dog's life experience happens through their nose. We generally think of that as our dog reading the paper. They're getting news about everything that's been going on around their house. If you tend to walk in your own neighborhood, especially if you take a relatively consistent route, every time your dog passes that same area, they get to see who's been by, what sort of squirrel traffic is happening. So they are getting that news bulletin of the day and their nose is telling them a lot about what's been going on. So sniffing is a very important activity for our dogs. That being said, it can be very difficult and frustrating if we are trying to take a walk and our dog really is just dragging themselves along by their nose instead of really moving their feet. So we wanna try and strike a balance. First step, we never want to drag our dogs along by the leash unless it's an absolute emergency such as needing to move them away from a potentially dangerous thing or situation, for example. But it's not something that we want to do on a regular basis. So if you do feel like you're dragging your dog along, we need to look at some alternatives for that. Which leads me to point number two. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, this is going to start to sound familiar. Always bring tasty treats when you go for a walk with your dog. There are a lot of distractions in the world. There's a lot going on around you. And making sure that you have food reward is going to help your dog focus on you. It's going to help you reward your dog when they do the right thing, when they are able to give you their attention instead of that other dog, instead of that squirrel, instead of the bicycle going by, whatever it happens to be. So when we have food reward, we really have an easy way to help our dog do the things that we ask them to do and to reward our dog for making the right choices. So carry some really tasty treats, invest in that fanny pack, in that bait bag. Yep, you're gonna look super cool. Fortunately, fanny packs are coming back. They're cool again. Us dog trainers have been working on that fashion trend for a long time. So have those ready to go. And then you want to reward your dog when they are walking next to you. So if your dog has their head up, they're walking, they're moving along the way you want them to, hand them a reward. Reward them for doing what you want them to do. They'll learn really quickly that if they walk along with you, they're going to get a treat. That's a much better deal than stopping, sneaking in that sniff, and then getting dragged along. 
Now, how frequently you reward your dog is ultimately going to be between you and your dog and how many steps is an accomplishment for them. So if your dog has difficulty taking 10 good steps without putting their nose back on the ground to sniff, 10 steps or eight steps is probably a great window in which to reward them. You wanna challenge them, but you don't wanna miss the window where they're doing a great job. So reward them when they've been doing it for a little while, but before they make the mistake of going back to the ground. And then they take another 10 steps, reward them again. But relatively quickly, after you've been able to reward them a few times, then you want to give them the opportunity to pause and take a sniff break. That's a great way to reward them for walking with you, even if it's just a short amount of time, and let them know, look friend, if you walk with me for just a short amount of time, then you will still get to sniff. You'll still get the opportunity to do what you want to do. And at first, those periods where you are walking might be relatively short, but over time, you can walk for longer amounts of time and use shorter sniff breaks. But you have to start by helping your dog understand that if you walk for an amount of time, they will get to stop and sniff eventually. And that starts in short increments. And once your dog is doing a relatively good job of moving and you are able to actively reward your dog for moving, remember, Handing them treats as they're actually moving along is going to make moving along the rewarding thing to do. Then you can actually start to fade those treats out of the process. And when your dog has been walking for a certain amount of steps or for a block or however long it happens to be, then you can actually use stopping and sniffing as a reward for moving along. And remember, stopping and sniffing is important. Going out for a walk, yes, it's important for us too, but taking a walk is an important time for our dogs. This is their time to be outside and enjoying the world as well. And if your dog likes to stop and sniff, giving them the chance to do that is going to be important. However, it's okay for you to decide when they stop and sniff and when you want them to move along and actually be walking with you. And if your dog really loves to sniff, maybe set aside some time or pick specific walks or times where you can go to the park on a longer leash or you can go out with the expressed purpose of taking your dog for a sniff walk so that that is what they get to do. And if your dog sniffs for a little while and then they choose to get up and walk forward with you, you can reward that when they choose to do it spontaneously. But if the goal is for them to get to go out and get that enrichment and that sniffing, that's a great way to give them the opportunity to do that. You can also give your dog opportunities to play nose games at home by hiding treats around your house or in the backyard and playing find games with those. Or you can even take classes and compete in scent work. So if your dog is telling you, hey, I want to use my nose, this is a fun activity for me, finding outlets for that will be a great way to give your dog some additional enrichment and improve those walks for you so that they can be more about moving and less about sniffing. So if your dog is walking with their nose just 
stuck to the ground like a magnet. They're letting you know that, hey, I really want to use my nose and do something with this, which is a completely natural thing for our dog to want to do. So giving them appropriate outlets for that can really go a long way in improving our walks and getting them to be able to walk with us while also making sure that they are getting the outlet that they need for that and still getting that enrichment. Now something else to consider, sometimes our dog stopping and sniffing can be what we call a displacement behavior. Something our dogs do when they are stressed and they need to remove their attention from something they find stressful and distract themselves. So if your dog is doing this a lot, we want to look for other signs of stress in our dog and see if there's something that might be overwhelming for them. Are they avoiding something? Are there other things that your dog has difficulty with on walks? And if that's the case, then we want to worry a little less about the stopping and sniffing, and then we want to address the things that our dog seems to be stressed about. And if your dog is struggling with stress and the sniffing is a displacement behavior, that's the kind of thing that a professional trainer is going to be a great resource for. Stress can manifest in a lot of different ways, and displacement sniffing is just one of them, but it can be a pretty good indicator that your dog could use a little extra help. If you're also seeing things like pulling to go back home, you're seeing your dog pull and bark at other dogs, you're seeing your dog whine, tuck their tail, and just generally seem uncomfortable, working with a trainer is a great option and something I would definitely recommend. And the Kentucky Humane Society does have training options available. You can give us a call at 502-253-2883. Again, that's 253-2883. Or you can email us at behavior at kyhumane.org if you want to learn a little bit more about our training options or schedule an appointment. You can also find more information on our website, kyhumane.org. And before we go today, I'm going to give you one more little piece of safety advice when you are working with your dogs. For those of you that crate your dogs when you're not home, for their safety, always make sure that you remove any collar, harness, or anything else that your dog might be wearing before you put them into a crate. Collars and harnesses can get tangled or hung up, and we want to make sure that our dogs are happy, safe, and comfortable when they are in those crates. And if your dog wears a harness, we generally recommend only having them wear that harness when they are directly supervised and getting ready to go for a walk. Dogs that wear a harness all the time are much more likely to learn how to chew through that harness and one that can be really expensive but it's also a habit that we just don't want our dogs to learn and it can also be potentially dangerous to them. So if you're not directly supervising your dog, make sure that they are wearing as little as possible or nothing when they are safely and securely inside of your home. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society on Forward Radio 106.5 FM. Don't forget to visit our website, forwardradio.org. Forward Radio is celebrating four years on the air 
And we are having our four-year anniversary pledge drive from March 27th through April 9th. So visit that website, hit the donate button. You can become a sustainer for as little as $5 a month, or you can make a one-time donation. Get yourself an awesome Forward Radio t-shirt. Show all of Louisville that you support independent radio. And for all of you pet lovers out there, a pledge of the right amount could even earn you a custom pet portrait. We also have our virtual talent show coming up. Tickets are only 10 bucks, and that goes straight to the station as well. Catch yourself a great show with local artists and performers while supporting your local grassroots radio station. You can get more information about that on our website as well, forwardradio.org. And as always, thank you for tuning in to Sit, Stay, Listen with the Kentucky Humane Society. Don't forget to send those questions to behavior at kyhumane.org or to the Kentucky Humane Society Facebook page. Take care and have a great rest of your week.